Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. Uh, We're delighted that you've joined us today uh, in our continuing series on uh, the 10 major Christian doctrines. Today we will be focusing on bibliology. Bibliology, the study of the Bible or how we got our Bible really is what we're going to be focusing on. Uh, So stay tuned for some great information. Pastor Chamberlain will be uh, disseminating here shortly. Uh, We'd like to make a couple of announcements, however, before we begin. Uh, We have uh, recently learned that our listenership in British Columbia in Canada uh, increased exponentially by about 11%. Uh, Upon discovering this, we, we were prompted to investigate as to possibly why that might be happening. And I think we found the answer. Uh, It appears that uh, the Canadian government has, for all intent and purposes, shut down the Christian church in Canada until further notice. Uh, We are hearing rumors of $3,000 fines for holding any kind of service uh, for any kind of reason. Uh, Oh, they are allowing funerals, though, by the way. Okay. Uh, Now, to Christian churches and pastors and congregants in Canada, we want you to know that we stand with you 100%. We are mortified, angered, and saddened uh, at hearing this news. But we want you to know that we are here to support you uh, with regular Bible study and fellowship, and we would love to be your source uh, for good, accurate, fundamental Bible teaching. If you need a place to find that, please feel free to tune in to the Christian underground news network we named it that for a reason we see these things we have seen these things things coming for quite a while now and we also understand that this this is soon coming to america we're seeing evidence of it uh in in parts of our country now that that uh, we never thought we'd see and uh we we saw this coming and we we knew we know that at some point in time, prophetically, the Christian church in America and, and elsewhere in the world will be forced to go underground to operate. Canada, British Columbia, Alberta, New Brunswick, Ontario. We hope you're listening. We're here to support you. Please join us for regular Bible study. You'll get it straight, no frills, the truth, nothing but the truth. So help us, God. And we pray that God will be with you and comfort you in Canada uh, right now as you're suffering open discrimination and persecution. Jesus told his disciples that it would happen. The world will hate you because they hated me first, is what he told them. And you're not to expect anything but. While there's great blessing in being Christian, a born-again, a saved Christian, there's also 
Persecution. Coming. Hang in there, Canada. We're with you. We're praying for you. We're also praying for your government, that they open their eyes and, and realize the error of their way. Uh, although it doesn't seem like uh, that will happen, uh, remember, God is still in control. With that being said, we thank you for tuning in and listening. We hope you'll continue to do so. Without any further ado, I'm going to pass the microphone over to Pastor Chamberlain, and uh, he is going to tell us about bibliology this morning. Get your pens and pencils and Bibles ready. Some good information coming your way. Pastor. Yeah. Now let's open uh, with uh, a word of prayer. God, our Father, we thank you so much for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your precious and holy word. We thank you for giving it to us. We thank you for the fact that you had it published. Uh, we thank you for its veracity. We thank you for its infallibility, its immutability. Uh, we thank you so much for uh, your precious and holy word of God, which we call the Bible. We thank you, Lord, for giving us strength and courage. We pray that you'll be with us during this session. Help us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the word of God Amen. in the flesh, according to John chapter one. We thank you so much for that. So as we begin this study, be with our minds and our mouths. Help us to do those things which would bring glory uh, to your name and tell of your greatness and your grace. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the key verse to our study on bibliology, uh, this may surprise you a little bit and maybe it won't. But let me give you a little background. Uh, we, we will start in Matthew chapter 4, but then we'll go quickly to, well, let's start in Genesis chapter 3. Let's, let's start there. This doctrine is so very important because of one thing that we read in the creation story. And that is this, Adam and Eve created by God. Adam created in God's image. Uh, God did a surgery on Adam, took his rib and built Eve from Adam. He took Adam and Eve and placed them in a garden called Eden. And they were sinless. And they had everything that any human being would ever need. God gave them uh, food to eat from plants. There were no animals to be eaten yet, but uh, that was to come. But in Genesis chapter 2, we talk about one of the trees in the garden. Uh in Genesis chapter 2, um, uh, it says this, verse 9, or verse 8, And the Lord God planted a, a garden eastward in Eden, 
And there he put the man whom he had formed out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there were two trees in the midst of the garden. Now, God told them that they could not eat of one of those trees, and that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let's go quickly um, to Genesis chapter 3. And we see the first mention of the serpent, Satan, the devil. And it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, what was the Satan doing? He was beginning, this was the beginning of the questioning of the veracity, the truth of the word of God. So he said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the, free, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And already the word of God was being perverted. In subsequent verses, we're going to show you, and especially in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, and there will be some other verses which say we're not to add to the word nor detract from it. Because if you do that, that's an abomination unto God. That's how important God's word is. She said, neither shall you touch it. Now, you can search your Bible. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says that, that they were put in the garden to dress it and to keep it. That would include that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They just couldn't eat of it. Yeah, God said, God did not say, don't you touch it. No, he did not he say said, that. don't eat of it. That's correct. So, um, well, <laughs> that 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 dirty old serpent, beautiful in sight, but inward was well. I have got words to uh, to define it, but I won't use them here. But just consider the word evil. And the serpent said unto the woman, "Ye shall not surely die." And that, people, is a direct attack on the word of God. And that's why this doctrine of bibliology is so important. The serpent said in the womb, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You know, the book of Proverbs, I think it's chapter 16, verse 18 says, pride goeth before a fall mm -hmm. and a haughty spirit before destruction. 
Eve's sin, original sin, was not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the it was the sin of pride. She wanted to be as good as God. So that's what Satan said. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, folks, as we'll see in our study, the way to get wisdom is to read the word of God. And it, it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also into her, her husband with her, and he did eat. And so without going any further, Here's why the study of the Bible is important. Because the very first thing that Satan attacked and tried to destroy was the word of God. And that's why the study of bibliology is so very, very important. Turn quickly now to Matthew chapter 4, if you would. Matthew chapter 4. Let's, let's give you the setting first in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was went into the wilderness, and he had been there for 40 days, and, and he was fasting. And he, being God in the flesh, was hungered. He was hungry. Let's, let's read uh, from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Why was he led there? It wasn't for him just to fast. It was to be tempted of the devil. Why? To prove that he was God and he was without sin and remain that way so that he could be uh, pay the ransom for our sins. And the devil did not want that. Let's continue reading. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. Wait a minute. Did Satan doubt that? No. No, he was tempting the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Christ was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. You're hungry. If you're God, turn these stones into bread. Yep, you can eat right now. Did Jesus succumb <laughs> to the temptation? Of course he didn't. He was God in the flesh. But, verse 4, Matthew 4, But he, that is Jesus, answered and said, It is written. He referred Satan to the word of God in Deuteronomy 8, yep. verse 3. 
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's right. Now, what is the word of God? Now, I, I've written a booklet, and we've done a podcast already uh, on October 31st of last year. That's that's correct. And and we're not going to give you all the things. The podcast title is the same as the as the title of your booklet. Yeah, yeah the, word the Word of, of God, God is. is. And there's four, 13 or 14 things in there. And then at the end of that booklet, it tells you what to do with the Word of God. And I might go back to that booklet just to talk about that. But but we want to refer you to that booklet. And by the but way, we one, want to refer you to that podcast on the 31st as an introduction. To that's right. The podcast on the 31st. And so uh, that was the first thing we did on Bibliology, although we didn't call it that. It was just something that we thought was necessary to say. Now, um, Curtis, you were raised by a Christian man yep. who often said, Kurt, the Bible is the word of God. Right. The reason I did that is because when I was a child, I heard it hundreds of times. My mother would say, Dickie, the Bible is the word of God. My dad um, <laughs> would support her in that because he was a godly man and he believed the Bible was the word of God. And I believe it. Uh, you believe it. I do. All right. But now we're going to give you some reasons why why you should believe it. Now, eventually, we're building a website. Eventually, uh, this booklet and some others will be available to you um, for cost. We don't do it for fame or fortune. And uh, soon, uh, we will have some of these booklets on uh, our website. And we'll tell you something about that at the end of this uh, episode. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let me ask you something. We've talked. If you want to know as much about the Word of God as just about anybody can know, turn to Psalm one nineteen. Don't do it now, but you turn to Psalm one nineteen, and you'll find out that there are 38 mentions of the Word of God in the book of Psalms. If you want to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you read about it in the book which God hath given and dictated to men to write. And that's how you can grow in grace. That's how you can grow in knowledge. That's how you can uh, can keep yourself from sin. Uh, it, it, all of these things in Psalm chapter 119, but we're going to go a little bit further in that. When I read this Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, um, I, re, uh, I, rec I remember Jack Hiles, pastor of, when I, and back in the, um, what would be in the 70s, wouldn't it be, Kurt? Yeah. 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah, in the 70s. He was pastor of the, the uh, nation's largest Baptist church. First, we were, first Baptist church of Hammond, Indiana. First Baptist church of Hammond, Indiana. 
And he used to talk about his mother telling him, the Bible is, is the word of God. And she said, now say it, Jack. And he would say, the Bible is the word of God. And I'll never forget, he was told continually that the Bible is the word of God. Now we're going to show you uh, by many infallible truths how the Bible is the word of God. Now I read to you Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And Jesus was directing Satan's attention to Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, and, and where where Moses was talking to the Jews and and he was writing from what God told him to write. And he says, now God gave you manna in the wilderness. And they were out there 40 years and what they had to eat was manna that came down from heaven. And that's how they got their sustenance. But Moses hastened under the inspiration and the instruction of God to say this, this happened that you may know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, if I had only two scriptures, by the way, I've got 66 books <laughs> written by or penned by 40 human authors. But inspired by... Inspired by the word of God, and you're getting ahead of me here. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Trust me on this, folks. Uh, my son Curtis could teach this as well as I can uh, because he's he has been in the word of God and has a better memory than most human beings have. I'll, I'll say some event that happened in the scripture and say, oh, yeah, over there in Micah chapter, and he, he'll give you the scripture and verse. He's really good at this. Uh, but he, he he asked me to do this because he wanted me to have the joy of doing it. That's right. That's right. And so anyway, so man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions here. Uh, I'm going to sound like a smart aleck. And by the way. Not you. Oh, not me. Not you. <laughs> well, maybe I want to sound like one. I don't know. <laughs> But I'm going to ask some questions, and here's why. I believe that God dictated his word to men. And, and, and I'm going to tell you uh, right off the bat uh, how I believe and why I believe it. I have it here in my notes, if you will let me get to it. So I believe that God... And, and and by the way, this is a good outline if you want to teach it in your Sunday school class. Yes. I, I like to alliterate things, all right? Yes, you do. <laughs> all, everything begins with the same letter. And so there are four things I believe, and, and I believe in being transparent, and I'm not ashamed of what I believe because one of my rules is if God said it, stand up and speak up. If God didn't say it, sit down and shut up. I have, my rule is where everything I teach or preach should be done under the banner of the scripture uh, that says four times, uh, once in the Old Testament, three times in the New Testament. It says, for what saith 
the scriptures. And so you're going to get what the scripture says. And so here's what I believe. And this is bibliology. Now you're going to have to get uh, your, your turning finger moistened because I'm going to ask you to turn to several scriptures. Go to the book of Jeremiah, please. If you get to the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah is the next one. Jeremiah chapter 1. Oh, I love the book of Jeremiah. Um, boy, so much good stuff in the book of Jeremiah. Well, it's the word of God. It says here, um, um, now before we go in, into this, just, just let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, the word mouth occurs in the Bible lots of times. And so here's a question. Did God have a mouth? Well, we're going to talk about this. Uh, if you'll just hang on for a minute, did God have a mouth? Well, Jesus said he did. Yep. Okay. So we're going to talk about the mouth of God pretty quickly here, but here's what I believe. And then we'll talk about some of these questions I have from Matthew chapter four, verse four. Um, um, did God speak to men? Did God superintend the writing of his word? Does God have a mouth? Here's how I believe it. Um, first of all, God, now these are all going to begin with the letter D. God determined in eternity past who would write his word. If you doubt that, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Well, let's start with verse 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Oh, oh, wait a minute. How is that happening? Was God speaking to Jeremiah? Well, Jeremiah said, uh, the word of the Lord came to me saying, by the way, if God said that he said, then he said, or crying out loud. Word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly. What? Yeah. <laughs> Before you were even conceived, yeah, Jeremiah. I, I knew you. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. So while that seed was growing inside Jeremiah's mother's womb, God had already determined yeah. that that child who would be born was already known by God. And he says, before thou came, uh, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. That means I set you apart. That's right. Well, what did he set Jeremiah apart for? He said, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. By the way, in Malachi, the book of Malachi, uh, chapter five, uh, Malachi writes, uh, God saying, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. So with every author of the word of God, God had already determined who they would be and what they would do. That's number one. 
Number two, we're, we're going to stay in Jeremiah. My, my son is is the timekeeper, is telling me how much time I have left. So, uh, we're but stay with us. We're going to continue. This is fun. Number two, God deputized them, those people who whom He before determined, He deputized them to write His word. He said, "I knew thee, and and I I ordained thee a prophet." Well, Jeremiah said, "Whoa, wait a minute." Uh, he said, I am a child, verse 7, for thou shalt, he said, don't say you're a child and, and you can't speak. He said, I, I'll, I'll send you and you'll speak whatever I command you. You're going to say what I tell you to speak. And so Jeremiah did, and not only did, did uh, God uh, give Jeremiah uh, the command, not only had he determined and not only did he deputize, he, he said this, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. So what cameth out of the mouth of the authors of the Bible was the very words that came out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, verse 4. Now, keep these things in mind. Number three. Well, num number one was God determined who would write his word. Uh, number two, uh, God deputized them uh, to write his word. And with that, we're going to take just a little break. Uh, I need a half a cup of coffee. And <laughs> I, I need to yawn. And Curtis needs to reset the computer. We'll be back in a moment. 